2: Who's surprising at training camp, and what does that mean for roster battles? Plus, what's going on with these running backs as Samaj Pirine is still ahead of Chris Evans? Let's get into it.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Lockdown Bengals podcast covering your Cincinnati Bengals every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell on YouTube. Make sure you follow on your audio platform of choice. We'll be delivered to your devices as soon as we upload Every day Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online available to people worldwide. And for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. James in training camp opportunities are ripe. Undrafted free agents have hope. Injuries open doors for others and the roster is not set. For guys fighting for their first NFL job or to catch on to an NFL team after struggling along on the practice squad or sticking it out, persevering on the practice squad, training camp is certainly one of the biggest opportunities for them to set themselves apart. And that obviously also goes in to preseason games. A couple of guys we've talked about as undrafted free agents to keep an eye on are guys like Kwame Lassiter, Tyrikus Tisdale. We've talked about. Seventh-round pick, Jeff Gunter, who has been all over the place a little bit in this training camp. There have been opportunities for guys like Dax Hill, for now guys like Cam Taylor Britt with some minor injuries around the team, for for guys at right guard and right tackle. We've been monitoring those locations. You've been at all the training camp practices, James. Who has stood out to you the most in terms of guys seizing the opportunity?
0: Well, you know, I could go with the skill player here, but your, your comment on our last show about I me mean, not focused on trench play and one-on-ones, well, damn it, maybe I'm going to turn into a trench feed That's where I'm boy. just stuck to the offensive and defensive lines. Hell, i love no it not doing that, by the way. I'm too flashy <laughs> and I'm way too damn loud, and I like attention too much to do that. Jake, uh, that being said, I am going to start with the trenches, and I'm going to start with a guy who is getting second team reps at that center spot. B B Ben Brown. And we'll see here, you know, if he can push and make the team. But he was on my pre, pre-season or pre-training camp. Pre-training mm-hmm. camp would be what it would be. Pre-training camp 53-man roster. And I, I just I think he's gonna be good enough to beat out Trey Hill if it comes down to it. And so I, I he's he's been impressive from what I've seen. There We haven't seen as much from the trench guys just because full pads, one padded practice, they aren't hitting a ton, but you're seeing some and you, you certainly seen more recently. And I, and I think Ben Brown uh, has done what I expected him to do up to this point. And my expectations are pretty high considering we're talking about an undrafted center here wouldn't be shocked at all if he, if he makes the roster. I thought it going into training camp, and, and I feel the same way today, six practices it.
2: An undrafted center who I believe had a fifth round, maybe it was a sixth round, but I thought it was a fifth round grade from Dane Brugler and the Beast over at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked to Dane quite a bit and, and referred to his work. It doesn't necessarily sound like good news for Lamont Gilliard more than anything else because I think Trey Hill and Ben Brown will have a true battle. And you need that depth at center in case there are injuries, which is why Gilliard's still on the team. He can also play multiple interior line positions, as can Ben Brown and Trey Hill. That is interesting, though. We haven't really mentioned Ben Brown's name since the start of training camp after discussing him as a college free agent who could push for a roster spot in the pre-training camp episodes and the previews. And Trey Hill is a guy who certainly had ups and downs as a rookie, is still younger than Ben Brown, as I have pointed out, and has some development time left. Are they splitting second-team reps?
0: Yeah, from what I saw, you know, you're you're still seeing some trail. It's not just straight Ben Brown, but the mm-hmm. fact that we're seeing him, we, you know, with the second I mean, think about it. He, he We could be two weeks away from him snapping to Brandon Allen now if he's with the second team, uh, which is kind of weird to say. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, but with that said, you mentioned... Kwame Lasseter. And all right, we got the trench guy out of the way. Let's talk about the real meat and potatoes. And that's number 18, Kwame Lasseter. I know, I potato. I, I think, get it? I flipped it on
2: you. You're getting your analogies mixed up, James. Re,
0: no, receivers <laughs> eat big meals too, damn it. No. Uh-huh. Uh, Kwame Lasseter. Look, a lot of people love them in OTAs. Uh, I like him. You know, I, I think he's done enough so far from a punt return perspective, which Really, what's going to come down to in the preseason. Will he flash at that spot? That's his path to making the roster. But I do think he brings something at receiver. I think he's a good route runner. He's not a burner, but we've seen him make some some catches in team drills and stand out there. Let me give you one more receiver because he's uh, a guy that really goes under the radar, and it's kind of funny because the guy that used to wear number 19 got a lot of love from this time of year from Bengals fans during training camp, and I'm talking about Ivan Tate, of course. Kendrick Pryor, making some plays. And I don't know if it's realistic to expect him to push for a roster spot, but I think he's going to make some plays in the preseason. And if he does, he certainly has uh, a realistic shot to go from undrafted to at least practice squad. So another guy that I've seen make some plays through the first six uh, practices.
2: It's just such an uphill battle for all of these guys to find a roster spot at wide receiver. The first five spots are essentially set in stone. The big three, the starters, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, obviously aren't going anywhere. Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas, not going anywhere. And then, is it Trent Taylor and Kwame Lasseter for one spot? Or is it those guys plus another guy for two spots? Mm -hmm. Because Darren Simmons has said, Kwame, the only way you're making the team is if you're returning punts. He has been the second punt returner to Trent Taylor. And so, that is just such a a challenge for all these guys from puka williams for trenton irwin for jayvon highly who we haven't talked about after there was some hype uh after he signed as a college free agent and jack Sorensen. these guys all just have their work cut out for them and and Mm -hmm. i would say the same is even true for a lot of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that that you know we haven't talked about as much but there is more opportunity there as well with Khalid Kareem, for example, still on the the pup list. He's not practicing with some guys, not necessarily th- that were eased in, I guess. So, so, so some opportunities there as well. But there are some crowded spots on the depth chart, and and for me, this is around the point in, in preseason where I like to start focusing on who are some of the guys that that are pushing for roster spots, pushing their way up the depth chart, and. You know, one that that's quite interesting, James, that I want to get into is is a running back conversation because Samaje Piran, I know he got uh, uh, had maybe a, a minor injury of some sort uh, in a mm-hmm. punt return drill on on uh, on Tuesday, but Zach Taylor's comments indicating that Chris Evans and, and Travion Williams are are battling for running back three. Travion Williams is a guy who, you know, great attitude has done all the right things for a long time, but. A little bit surprising. Let's talk running backs coming up next. But
0: first, a word from the number one protein bar on the planet. Not number two, not number seven, not number eight. Number one, Built Bar is the best protein bar I've ever had. I have one, at least one, every single day. Brought two to training camp on Tuesday and held them both. One of them was, well, a Built Bar Puff. The cookie dough chunk puffs are amazing. Look, you like cookie dough. Well, imagine that with chocolate, with a bunch of protein, 15 grams of protein to be exact, and just 160 calories. Makes a ton of sense to eat, right? Yeah, I think so too. So don't delay. Be like me and go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do. I use that promo code LOCK15. I like saving money too. So go there now. built.com, and use promo code LOCK15.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: James, we've talked about Joe Mixon getting more involved in the passing game, especially after back together Saturday when he had a big day receiving passes. We, we've talked about his need to perform better and earn the trust of coaches year after year in pass protection, which the coaches seem to prefer Samaj P. Ryan for. They have comfort that Samaj P. Ryan is a real meat and potatoes guy. A guy that will, will do his job, do the basics, and <laughs> execute his responsibility on the field. That's what I think of when I think of meat and potatoes, guys. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm The guys right you now. need. I need to Chris go to the Bilt Bar. I'll be right back. Chris Evans is a guy that is like that cookie dough Bilt Bar, James, who you're hoping can, can provide a little bit of sizzle, who can provide a little bit of a home run threat, who can be the guy that we saw have an opportunity in the Super Bowl for a big play early in that game that was clearly scripted to get him on a linebacker when he's lined up out wide mm-hmm. and to take advantage of that mismatch. But what we're hearing is a couple things. One, the coaching staff is saying, Hey, Chris Evans, I've calmed down. We are not where you are. Or we're trying to motivate Chris Evans by talking about him this way. Because according to Zach Taylor, Samaj Pirine is ahead. For running back two and Chris Evans and Travion Williams are battling it out for running back three and I get it Travion Williams has been good in preseason opportunities when he's gotten on the field and does have some athleticism to his game and has stuck around as like Chris Evans a sixth round pick for the duration of his rookie deal but that's surprising to me with Chris Evans' role growing as the year went on last year, with him having an opportunity in the Super Bowl that I just talked about, is this a motivational fact, uh, attempt from tactic from from Zach Taylor, or is this actually a competition? No, it's
0: a lie. Zach Taylor's gotten better at doing the coach coaches speak part of it, right? So now we're not so focused. He probably could feel the, the focus of, of calling for Chris Evans over Samadji P. Ryan, and he obviously knows Joe Mixon's comments last week and the fourth and one in the Super Bowl and the third and one in the Super Bowl all that stuff where well P. Ryan gets fairly blamed or unfairly blamed or whatever you want to talk about and I, I think it's more Zach Taylor than anything but Zach's aware of that and so instead of making it about P. Ryan and Evans I think he's kind of deflecting it some Travion Williams isn't ahead of Chris Evans I call me I I I, I would be shocked Right, if that's the case, if that ends up that way, so no, I'm not truly calling Zach a liar, but I, I do think he's gotten better during his four years of being a head coach, of talking through things and not necessarily just being completely 100% upfront or honest or, or anything like that. And so now, is there a true competition for RB three? Hell no. I think Chris Evans is bigger. I think he's stronger. I think he's faster. If you if you're talking about a guy that's going to give you you know the special teams help, all of those things, I think he's ahead of Travion Williams. Now, the Bengals, uh, and this is where Zach was telling the truth, the Bengals do have Samaje Piran ahead of Chris Evans. And part of it is because he does all of the boring, dull crap that no one really likes to pay attention to or sees, and they trust him to pass block. And he doesn't have the, the mental errors that Joe Mixon has doing that. I think Chris Evans has had some good pass blocking moments. Can he get all the way there? That's his path. And so that's probably, if there's a motivation, motivational tactic, and I don't really think Zach does this through the media anyway, he probably would say, Chris, this is what we want from you. But he needs to get better in pass protection. Because if he does, he's more talented than Samadji Piran. He's not as thick, but he's just better out of the backfield. He's more dynamic. He runs routes like a receiver. Like, he's just unique. He's different. And, and that's why I've been really bullish on him. But you have to do the other stuff, too, because you're still the backup. You're still not going to be Joe Mixon. And I don't think he is Joe Mixon for what it's worth. Joe Mixon, uh, th- those guys don't grow on trees. Hell, he's as big as a tree. So uh, I, I think that uh, Chris Evans could still get that second running back spot. It is an uphill climb. But I would be shocked if he ever dropped back to, to RB4. I, I, Trevion Williams would have to have played really out of his mind, I think, in the preseason. Or Evans would just have to really screw up uh, for those guys to switch roles.
2: I, I feel like it would have to be that or or just something mental. But the way the season went last year and the opportunities that Chris Evans got all of last year ahead of Travion Williams, just, yeah, I, I don't see it either. The way that Evans tested, the way that coaches talked about Chris Evans last year when when we talked to them after the draft and we talked to them last offseason, talking about just how excited they were for the way that he moves on the football field for the dynamism he brings at that position, the versatility that we've talked about a bunch in the receiving game and just, you know, young, inexperienced running back things probably is a hesitancy there. We've seen time and time again, regimes around the NFL take time to trust their young running backs to do what they need to do in pass protection. And, you know, similar to the whole holding with punters right? Punting is the part of the job that everyone sees and pays attention to. But Darren Simmons has talked about how holding is so important for these guys. And that being the case for punters, I think also applies maybe to a larger degree and and a less quiet degree for running backs where that pass protection job and knowing your responsibility on different plays, not just running the football, not just catching the football is so very important to coaches.
0: Yeah. For sure, I mean, there's there's a lot of things like that, right? That go under the radar to, to even us for run blocking for wide
2: receivers,
0: right? And the run, guess who's really line. good? Guess who's really good at blocking the Bengals' wide receivers? They're not going to lead Center with that if Jamar, unless uh, you know, because it's going to be Jamar Chase had three touchdowns, or Tyler Boyd had this, or T. Higgins had that, but they're good at that stuff, and so guess what? They can be on the field and not leave the field because you don't need to put in a special blocker, right? And so that's the the Joe Mixon and Chris Evans theory. And, and here's the thing. P. Ryan's proven. He's got one more year on his deal. Joe Mixon, obviously, you know, starting out that, you know, what, year two of that $12 million per year, four-year, $48 million contract. And Chris Evans is only in year two. So it's not a bad thing here. Maybe it takes another year. Evans can still be used in the passing game. You can still get a lot of that, that flash, and and bottle that up and use that when you need to to give this offense a boost and also have 34 Samaje P Ryan out there uh, to pass block and guess what keep the franchise upright so it's not the worst thing in the world i'm not going to you know lose sleep over you know the rb2 battle so to speak especially because p ryan is proven and he certainly has the trust of this coaching staff
2: that's right We've got some stadium upgrade news, James. We're going to dive into some concept photos that have come out by, by way of the county and Gensler. We're going to get into some stadium upgrades that could be coming coming up next. But today's episode brought to you by BetterHelp, which making therapy more accessible is a true passion that I feel strongly about which is why you're hearing about this from me on the locked on bengals podcast BetterHelp is an online therapy service and will assess your needs you'll go through and fill out a questionnaire saying what you're looking for what your goals are what your preferences are in a therapist and they'll match you with that professional therapist in less than 48 hours like i said at the top of the show it is not a crisis line it's not self-help it is access to professional therapy that is more affordable than traditional offline therapy with financial aid available. It's a fantastic way to invest in yourself to conquer whatever it is that is holding you back to find tangible ways to work on whatever it is your personal goals are or whatever it is you need to work through. They've got video and phone sessions available in case you want to be on camera or you don't. And we have a special offer for you right now. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Again, that's 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp, That's betterhelp.com slash
1: locked on. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's keep things rolling, Jake, with, well, something that I think a lot of people have been thinking about in the back of their minds, and the stadium lease coming up in 2026, potentially, and I, I remember, like, 2016, 2017, I was like, ah, this again? The good news is, is, Joe Burrow's in town, so I think this could go maybe a little smoother than it did the last time. But uh, it's not going to be a, a rebuilt stadium. It's not going to be a brand-new stadium, but it is going to be updates. And anyone that's been to Paul Brown Stadium, I think it's fair to say, yeah, updates would make a lot of sense. And we saw some different renderings of things that the, the county— and in the Bengals are, are already discussing, which makes sense since it's, gosh, four years away, and they're probably going to need to get things moving.
2: Yeah, and this, I think, as we've discussed, James, will go hand in hand with potential sponsorship opportunities as well. One thing included in this plan is the changed naming rights for the stadium. This is maybe where that report initially I guess not exactly, but uh, it is part of the plans. One of the, the pieces of this plan is selling naming rights as an opportunity. We could see this for gates around the stadium. We could see this for certain sections of the stadium. There, there are some pretty cool ideas in here. Some of them are very traditional, like improving suites, adding diversity of of different seat types, where right now their mix of seats is, is heavily just general mission and club seats and they're talking about adding standing room areas premium suites differentiating the suites uh you know different boxes field suites that sort of thing so a, a wider array of, of service levels that they're talking about putting in so some of the stuff like very typical you think back to madden 2006 or whatever when when franchise mode came out you can make stadium upgrades and it was like Upgrade your suites, upgrade your video screen, but also some some pretty cool stuff, like incorporating different cultural aspects of Cincinnati into different sections around the stadium. So having a Finley market section of the stadium, for example, where they take cultural staples of Cincinnati that are that are thematic and and have different thematic zones around the park, redoing some of the entryways to, to the football stadium so that there's less congestion so that it's maybe safer for pedestrians so that it's, it's got better, better throughput. And, and my favorite is the nightclub idea that that's in there that they want, they're, they're talking about putting in a nightclub. So, uh, go clubbing down at Paul Brown stadium.
0: Is that your favorite? I don't, I don't feel like you're pretty, you know, I think it's pretty hilarious. Here's, here's what I can't wait for. I can't wait for, well, these guys these current receivers wouldn't do that but if there was a club at paul brown stadium when chad johnson was there that dude would have sprinted up the steps to the club and did his touchdown Mm -hmm. celebration in the club um look it needs to happen right It, it doesn't take like i said i it's one of those things where you have a professional football team um now how do the negotiations happen all that well we'll dive into that minutia probably at some point uh, that day isn't today, but obviously the stadium needs to be upgraded. There are certain things that need to happen. I've been in that stadium regularly outside of my Cleveland time from about 2015 on, and obviously before that I had been there uh, here and there. It just wasn't on on a regular basis. And it's not like anything's changed much, right? I, I remember going there when it was two th- in 2000. Corey Dillon broke the rushing record, right? Uh, I remember going there their their first preseason game, I believe, was against the Bears. Uh, of Paul Brown Stadium like so they have a lot of space there's opportunity uh, to, to revamp this and modernize the stadium it's I think a good size it doesn't need to get bigger you don't need to do anything but if you expand certain areas and take advantage of the space that's kind of unused right now I, I think it'll be fine so need some sprucing up a bit what doesn't that's you know building doesn't that's 20 plus years old and honestly is home to a Billion-dollar-plus franchise, of course it does. So, hopefully, they're able to work things out and and get the the upgrades necessary to to continue to make the fan experience great, which the Bengals have obviously made that a, a really um, a priority the past couple of seasons.
2: Yeah, and and they're borrowing inspiration from other nice features in baseball stadiums and football stadiums around the United States. A, a Camden Yards-inspired tiered cascading balconies idea that will add some color add some vegetation inside the stadium that the concept images have uh, have some trees in there that'll be nice a, a skywalk to connect the upper levels so there's less up and down some more efficient escalators so some accessibility stuff going on as well so so quite a few pretty nice looking quality of life upgrades aesthetic upgrades hopefully this includes some some more color where there's a lot of big cement, big just exposed bare cement around the stadium. I would love to see them take advantage of all that blank space that could be a canvas for various displays that you see at other stadiums around, around the U.S. and around the world. I think that would be a great idea too, but we'll see what what continues to emerge here. You can see those plans. The, the Gensler presentation is out there. Just Google Gensler Paul Brown Stadium. You'll, you'll see a few articles. You'll see... 20 or so, I think maybe a little bit more concept photos, and you can get yourself caught up on what some of the plans are that are being proposed uh, along with the county for Paul Brown Stadium's upgrades that, that could be coming up in the near future. That's going to do it for this episode of the On Bengals podcast. The Bengals are back at practice on Thursday. Back in pads, we assume, and we will have your updates after another training camp practice coming your way tomorrow. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.